Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you live on heritageradionetwork.org. This is episode number 39. Later in the show, an interview with Heather Stufer, the entrepreneur behind Mom Made Foods. But first, coming to us live via telephone from the interstate somewhere between Toronto and New York, my friend, the performer and composer behind the incredible Sharp and Hot theme song, Pete Chukov. Hi, Pete. Hi. How are you? Uh, that's good. I'm very well. That's really funny. I, your, your engineer said, yeah, you're going to hear a theme song and then we'll introduce you and I was like oh I wonder if that's the theme song that I made that's, 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 what an interesting experience <laughs> the one and only so people know you as Nice Peter you are a musician and comedian with a background in improv performance and you are also one of the talented masterminds behind Epic Rap Battles of History correct? that is, that is correct and you are also a childhood friend of my husband which many people may or may not know that the person behind the song is also someone who my, my husband says oh yeah Pete and I used to ride bikes together yes that is also correct uh, and I'm not I'm no longer on the interstate I'm actually just pulling into Manhattan oh so we are we're in a close proximity welcome to New York how was the drive? Uh, well we left Toronto last night I can't remember, to be honest. We left Toronto at, like, 3 in the morning last night, and uh, we've just been driving through the night, so it's a bit of a whirlwind. And you are... great, I think. I I slept (laughs) in the back. (laughs) You are on tour, right? You started in Southern California, and you are taking Nice Peter uh, on the road. So where have you been? Uh, We've been to, I think, 20 cities now. Uh, We we went up the West Coast, and then we went... We cut across the Rocky Mountains, and we went up the middle of the states. Uh, through Oklahoma, through Kansas, into Illinois, and then uh, we cut across, and now we're coming into New York to play at Webster Hall tonight, 9 o'clock. How is the food out on the road when you are on tour leaving places at 3 in the morning? Do you have an opportunity Uh, to stop anywhere other than road food? We've had some terrible late-night food, but as far as daytime, we try to eat a meal before the concert, and i got to tell you, place little, little oasis is like Tulsa, Oklahoma, There was this place that had a breakfast taco menu with like 15 different kinds of just breakfast tacos. And they were incredible. You'd never expect that to come out of, you know, the middle of Oklahoma, but unreal. And then we went to this uh, ramen place that was up until 4 in the morning in Lawrence, Kansas, and had like this this amazing, authentic ramen. You know, there's a real Japanese man back there whipping it up. And uh, there's great food all across the state. You just got to find it. How do you find these places? Oh, Yelp. I'm uh, I'm gonna usually usually I use the uh, the maps application on my phone and then I look I just look for like good food or organic food or something like that and there's always something. I uh, when we've traveled in the past we if we are stuck because either we're both starving or because 
our internet, our phones are dead, which happens more often than I'd like to admit. But we ask mail, pe- mail carriers, too, mailmen and mailwomen. They usually know where good lunch is. So if you get stuck and you see a mailman, oh, you can ask them. That's clever. I've never talked to a mailman before. I'll have to try that. It's, I have to tell you, they, they seriously know. We got pointed to some like places that were completely off the beaten path. And then there are other places we found via Yelp. Uh, I went for dim sum in my little tiny town in New Jersey and when we were uh, we were one of two non-Asian couples there and the other two were two guys and they said oh did you Yelp here? Like it was a verb Well yeah it is a verb I can Google and Yelp and all that stuff has become a verb. I'm excited to be on a you know on a food uh, show that talks about food because I can share you the new recipe I discovered in the, in the van which was almond butter nachos. Oh do tell from the beginning It's pretty simple we have these packets of almond butter uh, that, that this uh, young lady bought from me before we left to try and keep us healthy. And we had bags of tortilla chips and a bottle of hot sauce, and I was really hungry. So I just put the nachos, put the chips down, and put almond butter on top of them and then sprinkled it in hot sauce. And I thought it was going to be disgusting, but it, it, was, it was surprisingly delicious. <laughs> Is this something you will recreate at home? I've done it like four or five times now since. That and there's no heat applied, so you don't need to warm anything up. So this is perfect, like camping food, road food. I didn't even know Correct. almond butter came in packets. How smart! Yeah, yeah, it comes in little packets, and then uh, yeah, it's cold almond butter nacho. Surprisingly delicious. <laughs> what uh, is your preferred brand of hot sauce? Oh, any of the Louisiana styles will do for this recipe. <laughs> so, um, what? Pete, tell me your uh, earliest food memory. Um, gosh, my, my grandparents on my father's side are Russian, so I remember just walking into their house, and it was always smelling like cook, cooked onions, and they made millet soup, and this soup called hrushki, at least that's what they called it, it was like little meat dumplings in uh, potato and beef broth, and Russian borscht, and just like all kinds of traditional Russian food, and that's probably my earliest sort of memories. That's so funny. My my maternal grandmother, I remember her house smelling like cooked onions and like salt pork and fat back and pierogies. Yeah. She was Russian too. It takes too. me back. Every time I walk into a kitchen and someone's like cooking some onions in a, in a healthy amount of butter, it, it takes me back instantly. Do you cook like that at home? Of course. <laughs> do, you, do you make borscht? Do you make Russian food at home? Yes, I have. Yeah, we did a, we did a rap battle um, with all five major 20th century Russian... Uh, I don't know, all five. We, we did Rasputin versus Stalin versus Lenin versus Gorbachev versus Putin, all in one big rap battle. And I cooked Russian borscht and brought it for the crew on that day. That's we could really, we could really get authentic. <laughs> it put you all in the mood. That's hilarious. Put us all in the groove. Yeah. The last time we talked, you were um, trying to master kale salad. I'm wondering if you came closer to something that you were enjoying. Because if I remember correctly. You weren't finding it as delicious as it is in well, restaurants. Here's what happened. I made called, I don't remember what I called the video, but I do this thing called the Monday Show, which is a much smaller, the rap battles get about 20, 30 million views, and it's a big, big production, and it's, it's a lot. And then I do this smaller thing where just weekly I make a little vlog, um, and I tell some kind of story. And I just recently visited you and learned about the kale salad thing with the salt and breaking down the kale. And I, I figured I'd share that with this audience. So... Uh, that video got about 45,000 views. And oh, wow. I, I, get a, I get a tweet or an email or someone says something to me every week since then saying, thank you so much for introducing me to Kale Salad. I had no idea. 
That so even is I awesome. When I made it, just it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's, it's hundreds of people have, have written to me and told me that they now include kale salad in their lives. That is amazing. I, it's one of my go-tos, and I grow now that it's summertime. We're growing it in the garden, and I can go outside, pick some kale. But they also in the supermarket started selling. It's a brand called Glory, and. Uh, not a sponsor of the show, but I will give them a shout out because as far as I can tell, they're the only people doing this. They sell pre-washed, pre-chopped up kale in a bag so that all you have to do is pull out a handful and then just start rubbing it with some salt and it just cuts a whole step out of making of kale salad. And I have to say, they leave the stems in, which at first I was like, eh, this might be a little too textural for, for a salad for raw. But in fact, they're tender and delicious, and I eat it all of the time. And then there was something that went around Facebook that was a parody saying that kale was going to be the next thing that was found to be terrible for you. <laughs> but that, I don't think it is. Yeah, I, no, I that think kale going to gonna be all right. So are you going to have time to eat in New York anywhere? I would invite you over to our house, but I realize that you are on a tight schedule. We're on a tight schedule. I'm hoping to go. I mean, whenever I go, I used to work for a, a John George von Richten restaurant, so I always try to go to one of his places when I'm in New York. That's uh, right. I think when you and I met, that's what you were doing, right? You were yeah, a server was, in Chicago? Yeah, he had a, he had a spinoff in Chicago that it was really good. What's one of your craziest restaurant stories, like a customer that's either really well-behaved or really poorly behaved? Um, there, was a, there was a guy that used to come and sit at the bar, and, you know, I told him I played music, and he started coming to shows. And I went to his, I ended up going to his wedding, and he, I still see him now. I just saw him in Chicago when we played there, or no, Michigan. Um, so it's just like a relationship that started over drinks and food that continued over the years. Um, oh, I accidentally served pork spring rolls to a devout Muslim family. Oh, and they dear. didn't know it. The wrong spring rolls went out, and I didn't know whether to tell them or not tell them, and I told them. And that was very interesting. Was that the right decision? They told me it wasn't. They told me they would have preferred to have not known, um, which I thought was, I don't know, I didn't know. So now I know. Wow, that's fascinating. I uh, There's a taco place out near where I grew up, out on the east end of Long Island, that they their taco, their tortillas, they make them themselves, and you can watch the woman doing it as you're placing your order. And they're so oh, yeah. good. So there's a whole menu, and then next to it, there's a whole vegetarian menu, and they just like grab a, a tortilla off the griddle, fill it with whatever you've asked for, and then you go and eat it at a picnic table. And I love it. So after we eat, I ask them how they make their tortillas because I've been trying to cook them at home, and they never turn out as good as they are in a restaurant. So I figure this person will tell me what the secret is. So... He doesn't want. He's kind of reluctant. I think he thinks that I'm like gonna write a blog about it. And I was like, I just look. I just want to make them at home. Is it the same bag, the maseka? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. I was like, And just water? And he was like, No. And he turns and he says something to the guy standing next to him in Spanish. And he says something like, How do you say something? And then he turns. His friend turns to me and he says, It's lard. I was like, yeah. Oh, and all the vegetarians are like, Oh my god, these are the best tacos ever. I'm like, right, because there's pork fat in them. <laughs> Yeah, get over it. Yep. But you make an effort to eat healthy and eat organically when you can, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we all do. Um, you know, we're traveling with three British guys, so uh, they they come from a background of healthier food, I think. And we're, really, we're going over there, uh, and like at the end of the month, we're going over to England and Europe. It's a lot easier to find healthy food. Even at a gas station, you can find, like, a free-range chicken sandwich. It's pretty crazy. But, yeah, yeah. It, it does get tough on the road. you got to – we have – 
we have a van stocked with all kinds of goodies, so we can make our own little little bits. That's cool. Is it like a camper? Like, a, does it have a kitchenette in it? It doesn't have a kitchenette, but it has a lot of storage and a microwave and bunks. We all, all five of us live in here. That's. Will you um, will you tweet me a picture because then I can put it up on the website and people can see Certainly. exactly what the inside of a van that travels with how many people total? Five. All musicians. Yes. What and five one tour manager. <laughs> what five musicians and a tour manager live like on almond butter, nachos, and hot sauce, which actually sounds delicious. Yeah, it works. And are you finding uh, that the food over in Europe has lives up to its uh, reputation as being terrible? I know that you are a big fan no, of man, Great Britain. No, man, that is nonsense. Okay. The food in England is just is great. You, like, I think that people get thrown off by traditional English food, which is a little wet and kind of <laughs> weird. But, like, the, you can find stuff from all over the world, and yeah, there's great food everywhere. Probably the best. I went to Prague last year and had probably the, one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. What was it? There's great food. What was it or how was it? What, well, both. But what was it? I don't know. There was a rabbit involved. It, it, was, it was incredible. Rabbit is delicious. It's one of my very favorite things to cook. And it has, it's, in terms of environmental impact, it's a really excellent choice for conscientious eaters because the feed-to-meat conversion is really low, meaning that you don't have to feed a rabbit a lot of feed in order to get a decent amount of meat in order for it to be uh, edible and not just all bones and lean. And it, it's it's Really, really versatile and delicious. I'm into it. <laughs> and if you clean them yourself, I mean, you get the whole... I, I used to teach a class um, where I taught people how to butcher a rabbit, and it was... Uh, I got a lot of women in Chanel sweaters who were like, I don't think I can do that. And then lobster... By, not lobster. By rabbit number three, they were like, oh, are there any more rabbits I can butcher? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was I got to say fun. this. Having been across the country, uh, Wegmans is by far the greatest supermarket in the United States. I, you know, I'm married to someone who would agree with you. What are yeah, other supermarkets? What are the shortcomings? Um, it's not. That, it's not, honestly, it's not necessarily that there's shortcomings other places. That Wegman's takes everything to eleven. So amazingly, in their bathrooms they have diapers, and the diapers are arranged by different sizes. That's pretty brilliant. Like, and as someone who has a toddler, I would appreciate that. We joke that every time we go to IKEA, somebody's going to leave crying. <laughs> but IKEA does the diaper thing too. But and it's usually me who needs one by the end of that trip. But we, I mean, we drive pretty a pretty significant distance to go to have lunch at Wegmans because their steam table lunch is pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Peter, how can people uh, find out more about you? Well, they can go if they want to check me out on tour. It's at nicepeter.com. All my tour dates are up there, nicepeter.com. And then I make videos at youtube.com slash nicepeter. Um, that's where you'll find the first season of the rap battles and a bunch of other songs and funny things. And then, uh, yeah, if you just look up Epic Rap Battles of History, you'll, you'll find us. We just did one with Weird Al Yankovic and Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5. Oh, wow. And it was... Uh, yeah. Was the on. Weird Al Yankovic one? That had to have been like a, like a major childhood dream coming true for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. When is that one going um, to be out and available it, for watching? It came out came out last Monday. So oh. if you look up, up Epic Rap Battle History and Weird Al, you'll, you'll find it if you just Google to use it as a verb. Um, <laughs> and I will put a link up on the Sharp and Hot show page also so that people can link to you and link to Epic Rap Battles. Peter, thank you so much for coming on. I'm truly honored, and I love having you as a friend. 
My pleasure. Thank you very much. We're and uh, happy, happy food making. Thank you. And we're going to go out with a song that Nice Peter wrote about my wedding. We'll be back right after the break. Bye. Well, I went down to the Hampton Bays to watch my friend Market Mary. When one of your friends starts settling down, life gets a little bit scary. There was a girl down on the beach. She smiled as soon as she seen me. She did not shave underneath her arms, but she looked so good in a bikini. What could I do? I fell asleep on the booze. What could I do? I fell asleep on the booze. She told me she was already married I asked her how that was working out She said it's got its ups and its downs What could I do? I fell asleep on the booze What could I do? I fell asleep on the booze The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. I'm here in the studio with Heather Stouffer, entrepreneur behind Mom Made Foods. Thank you for joining me, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. What a what a cool place and a cool radio show. I'm Thanks. just so psyched to be here. That's awesome. Yeah, we're really, really excited to... I mean, I just... I love that I get to come here every day. I'm like, this is my job. This is this awesome. This is a dream. So you started Mom Made Foods, and your last name is Stouffer, and you now <laughs> make yes. meals for people. Do you think there's a connection there? I like to think it's good karma, Emily. Um, <laughs> but no, there's no connection to the brand Stouffer's. Okay. Um, I married into a different family, all not right. that one. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had to have raised all the money that we did to do what we want to do. But um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's good karma for the frozen section of what we're doing. So tell me what you're doing. Give us an overview of your project. So Mom Made Foods is a nationally distributed uh, line of frozen meals and snacks geared towards kids using organic ingredients, antibiotic-free meats, Um, and we're taking home recipes that you'd make at home that families love and making them so much healthier. Um, I'm a mom of two. and um, How old are your kids? They are four and eight. And I have boy a toddler and girl, at home. Do you? I have a son. He's amazing. Yeah. How old is he? <laughs> 18 months. Wow. Yeah. And he's so a really age. adventurous eater. We were admiring him yesterday. My husband and I were like, he just eats everything. Like yeah. he was eating mahi-mahi tacos with us. He That's totally is in everything. so great. So you created this line of food for people so that they can grab it from the freezer case when they don't have the luxury of time. Right. So as a parent, you know, working mom, life is crazy and there's plenty of moments when you need something for your son daughter 
Sun. Sun in two to three minutes. And just because it's that kind of a day or that kind of a time of day. And that shouldn't mean that you have to compromise and set, make sacrifices on the nutrition of what you're feeding your child. So that's our core philosophy. And I set off on this journey eight years ago. I launched the company at a local farmer's market. We're based outside of D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia. And um, fast forward now eight years, um, we're in thousands of stores nationally and growing every day and the adventure continues and it's been an absolutely wild ride, but just a super fun one in in many, many ways. Um, So tell me about your entrepreneurial leap. Like how did you, how did you go from having the kernel of the idea, like I could make this and sell it to people, which I assume has probably crossed your mind in your kitchen at some point, right? Right, yeah. To, I want to be on the shelves in a supermarket. Like, what was that timeline? Was that a couple of weeks, a couple of months? Well, I was just, I was very, very frustrated with being a working mom and trying to get healthy meals on the table for my kids. Three meals a day, 365 days a year. And... I felt really, really guilty, not only working and leaving them to go to work, especially when they were small, but also when I needed something fast and I, I, if I had to compromise, you know, and feed them something that I don't feel good about feeding, then it's like this super guilt complex, which we parents don't need. And, and, um, um, so how did I go from the kernel? I don't know. It's, um. It was just, it was an idea that, you know, as soon as I started talking to friends, neighbors, family, I found that there were hundreds and then now thousands, if not millions, of parents in my same position every day. And um, it was the kind of idea, I was in the tech industry before, but I have one brother and he's a chef and he, and we have a foodie background um, and he helped in the early days with converting my recipes into much larger sizes and so that we could sell them at the farmer's market. It was just an idea, Emily, that would not leave me alone and, you know, wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning. And and it's that feeling of, geez, if I'm feeling this and everybody else is telling me they're feeling this and I have to change my life and do something about it and listen to that. Did you sit down and write a business plan at some point? I did. I absolutely did. Um, after I had the the idea sort of just got into my bones, into my body, is, is how I explain it, it's because it became a part of me at some point where I just thought, I have to totally change direction in my life and do this. Um, I called an all-family meeting, and we sat in a room together for about five hours and brainstormed a gazillion questions of things like insurance and ingredients and nutrition and um where are we going to sell it and how are we going to market it and what you know how should we package it what should we call it and just all those questions and then we prioritize them which ones do i need to answer first and um which ones do i need additional expertise to answer and that became the genesis of our business plan which then led into um, me finding a, I rented a kitchen from a catering company in our early days, and I had the USDA organic folks come in and certify it, and um, my crew would come in during the off hours, and we were set off on this this journey called Mom Made. Were you working overnight 
to make the food in the off hours and also going to your job at the tech company? No, I left my job. I made a clean break, but I okay. I kept my I just had one child at the time and I kept him in full-time childcare. So I treated mom made business planning like it was a full-time and then some job. I get asked a lot by people like how do you get to do what you do? And I'm really glad to hear you give the like nuts and bolts behind. Like, no, it's, it is a lot of work, like five hours of like, that could not have been anything but exhausting in hour four where you're like, what have we not thought of? Yeah. And, and wait, now why am I going to go do this? Because these are all unanswered <laughs> questions, not answered questions. But that business planning period was about seven months from when I first left my job to when I actually set up behind a card table with a freezer, little freezer, not little, it was actually, we call it the coffin cooler because it's about the size of a coffin. <laughs> I it's have huge. one of those coffin coolers in my basement. <laughs> um, and we would load it up and bring it to the farmer's market and we did the farmer's market that summer. And the response, I take it, was good? Was it just It was such a great experience to start in that kind of environment where you're meeting your customer every day and getting the feedback from them. You know, my child liked this, my child didn't like this. And um, just How much to have, refining, that, to have yeah. that face-to-face and refine from there. How much refining did you do on the recipes based on kid feedback? We're always making adjustments. And, you know, kids are, kids are, are very unique. Um, our, you know, the, the, our customers, who are the kids, school-age kids, we say our target market is um, 2 to 11-year-olds, and they're difficult, you know. They're all there are great eaters like your son and my son, who um, my son requested Pakistani food for his seventh birthday dinner. I said, "You can have anything. I will make you anything." And he's like, "Can we go to the Pakistani restaurant?" You know. So he's a fabulous eater. But then I've got one who's really difficult, and um, she really puts me. Th- through a test at every meal does she uh, we've been told to prepare ourselves for a day when and he's not always great there are days when like he will decide he no longer eats avocado and that'll last like a week and right but an avocado is like a staple because it's easy (laughs) and it's healthy yeah Um, but we've been warned by our our friends that like he's gonna go through a period where he will only eat like yellow food and just prepare yourself for that well he will learn the very big and extremely powerful word no <laughs> around the age of somewhere between 18 to 24 months and um it will be one of his first probably 10 words that he says and then he will figure out very quickly because children are brilliant from from birth they're they are brilliant beings that that word gets mom and dad to act and particularly with food, the only thing children can control, particularly when they're really young, is what goes into their body and what comes out of their body. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> they will control it and manipulate as much as we let them. So yeah. um, whenever so when I... You were, when you said that you're, he's going to learn the word no, I thought you were going to... I thought you meant from hearing it from me, where if he was like, I only eat yellow food, I'm oh. going to say no. <laughs> Which is also going to happen. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, he'll have you'll have something on the table that you just spent an hour preparing for him and be so excited about, and he'll throw you for a loop, and just just because he can with that really powerful word. So, and if you don't react to it, then he won't try it again with that particular meal. But he might try it again with the next meal. At the next and you, meal, if you just have to. God love. We him. parents have to just take the chill pill and and not react and just keep providing the healthy meals and the um and the and the wide variety of foods and that's so important because i feel like 
I hear from other parents, oh, I'm just, I'm just too exhausted. And I, like, guiltily, like you said, end up at the drive-thru because that's what they want and that's what they'll eat and it's fast and convenient. So if you don't want to end up at the drive-thru and you don't have an hour, tell me, walk me through some of your products. We have the boxes here. Yes. They're so, so your packaging is so cute. Oh, thank you. Very kid-friendly. So we have three product lines. We have mom-made bites, which are actually a meatball line. And we've got a chicken meatball, a turkey meatball, a beef and cheddar meatball. And then we've just rolled out an Italian beef meatball and a gluten-free turkey meatball. And they're all low-sodium and antibiotic-free and uh, also bite-sized for kids because it takes the fun out of a meatball, in my opinion, if you have to cut it. And meatballs are really (laughs) fun. Um, so they're, the meatballs are great for both adults and kids. They work wonderful as appetizers at a party, an adult party too, sure, but, yeah. um, but kids love the size. And then we've got mom made meals, which are, um, frozen entrees. The, um, mac and cheese, for example, is, uh, when we, when we launched it, I thought, why does the world need another mac and cheese? But fact of the matter is we Americans love macaroni and cheese and, 99% of the macaroni and cheese available in the frozen food section is horrible for you. Um, so ours is low sodium. It's um, 100% organic. We've added sweet potato and butternut squash puree to cut down oh, on the fat, and idea. it makes it a really orangey color. Um, and then we've got whole peas in it. So it, it's a twist on mac and cheese, and we get letters from parents who say... My kid eats nothing green, and I don't know what kind of magic you put in this, but <laughs> it's loaded with vegetables. And where can people find your products? So everything's frozen, because freezings are preservative. Okay. and um, Which maintains the nutrient quality of the vegetables in particular, right? Yes. Well, and the meats. And the meats, right? Yeah, okay. all the ingredients. Um, we flash freeze everything right on the production line, and they're in the freezer aisle of stores from... Whole Foods to Kroger's to um, everything in between nationally. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you so I'm much. I'm really, really glad that you made it to Bushwick from D.C. It's such an honor to be here. You guys are doing fantastic work. Thank and you so much for yeah, saying I that. Yeah, I was just so excited. It's really something cool to be part of. So thank you so much. And I'm going to go make sure they have it on the shelf in my Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Welcome back to Sharp and Hot in Real Time. That was a pre-record we did with Heather Stufer a couple of weeks ago. She is a really, really great mom and entrepreneur behind Mom Made Foods. My kid still loves it, though. He has become much more a picky eater. It's pretty funny to listen back to that and be like, oh, I remember back when it was easy. On Instagram yesterday, I put a picture up of him that became very popular because he got he refused to take a nap, got mad at his bagel, and then fell asleep in his high chair. So now we have that uh, for posterity to show everyone, and then he can you know tell his therapist that that happened. Um, before we leave, I want to introduce our newest sponsor to the show, um, the really awesome Brooklyn-based startup called Craft Coffee. Will mail you a box curated based on your tastes in coffee to your house once a month. It's a subscription-based service where they provide for your exploration the very, very best of small batch artisanal coffees from the most exceptional producers around the world. I got my first box and it truly is a journey that you get to unpack. Um, 
Right now, their team of coffee experts are busy blind taste testing dozens of brews from the country's best roasters, all to bring you your very first tasting box. You can go to craftcoffee.com and use the code SHARP at checkout, and you will get 10% off any purchase that you make. I highly recommend them. They're really, really nice people, and the coffee is delicious. So um, I'll put a link up on sharpandhot.com, and you can go ahead and subscribe. Use the code SHARP. I have to confess, I haven't actually had any of the coffee to drink yet because it came in the mail yesterday, but just opening it was like Christmas morning, and I feel like I'm going to dedicate a little bit of time to truly make my first craft coffee experience awesome and not just rush through my morning as I am often wont to do. So thanks you to Craft Coffee for becoming a sponsor, and thank you, the listeners, for becoming members of Heritage Radio. It is our membership season, so if you like what you hear on this show, and all of the other shows that we produce every week, please go to heritageradionetwork.org and click become a member or donate now and know that your dollars are truly, truly appreciated and you get like a tote bag, which is awesome because then people ask you, what is that tote bag at the farmer's market? And you can tell them about this awesome show called Sharp and Hot that you listen to every week where your friend Emily comes into your ears to answer your cooking questions and brings you awesome guests like Nice Peter. And uh, thank you to both of my guests, Nice Peter for today, Heather for coming in a few weeks ago. Until next week, everybody, when we will have Coach Michael Smallwood on. Uh, He is the executive, sorry, Mark Smallwood. He is the executive director of the Rodale Institute in Pennsylvania. He's going to come on and talk about the original organic gardening farm in Pennsylvania. Until then, everyone, keep playing with fire and knives. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website, or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.